The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. John Schools here as always. Alex Luciferro, my guy, partner, San Fiori to Market LLP, the most positively reviewed law firm in the country, is here for the next half hour to help you out and inform you, answer all of your questions. You want to reach out to Alex anytime. You could do so, 1-855-821-5900, help at employmentlawyer.ca, and the website, which is free and anonymous, it's full of employment law goodies, lots of information for you, absolutely free, as mentioned, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. And contained in that, we've moved the severance calculator into that website as well. Over 2 million people have used it to find out what their severance really should be in the event that they were let go, so that is available to you anytime. It takes about uh, I don't know, 15, 30 seconds to go through the severance calculator and get a surprising yet accurate number at the uh, the bottom end of that thing. Check it out, severance calculator at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We will get into when an employer cannot let you go. Those points coming up here in just a bit. Alex, case of the day, buddy. What do you got for me? Back at it, John. Thanks very much. Yeah, Another Monday edition of uh, the world-famous Employment Law Show. Great to be here. <laughs> Great to be back uh, live on the air talking employment law and workplace rights and everything that comes with it, termination, severance, temporary layoffs, you name it. Uh, if it has to do with your employment, with your work, with your employment rights, we cover it all here on this, on this very show over the next half hour and as we've been doing for so many years now. And uh, yeah, as usual, John, it's been a busy start to the week. Lots of people asking mm-hmm. questions, calling us at the office, uh, sending in emails or submitting uh, questions online. Some of those people losing their jobs, unfortunately. It, uh, it is the time of year, uh, John. Fall is always a busy time of year in the employment law world. Companies make changes across the board. And listen, unfortunately, that means that people are restructured out of their jobs oftentimes. Yeah doesn't necessarily mean that the employee's done something wrong necessarily. doesn't mean your employer is the worst company or worst person in the world. It just means that, you know, these are the business realities sometimes that employers and employees face. But if that does happen to you, if you're one of those individuals, one of those employees that are part of restructuring and you've been let go from your job, listen, you're now in a situation where you very clearly have to look out for yourself, look out for number one. You have to make sure that you get what you're owed. And that's what we're here to talk about today, whether it's this show or our weekend shows, the TV show, all of the online stuff that we do uh, as employment lawyers. We're here to inform you on your legal rights to make sure you know what you're owed if you lost your job. If something happens in the workplace, you know exactly what your options are, exactly what you need to do. So listen, believe me, if you, you know, if you're going to be losing your job or you've lost your job and you're staring at a termination letter right now or some kind of severance offer, I can tell you that that offer is almost certainly going to be a lot Mm -hmm. less than what you're actually owed. And if you want to know what you're actually owed, stay tuned to find out uh, so that you don't get taken for a ride. And as you mentioned, John, let's get it started with the case of the day, an opportunity to talk about a matter that came across uh, my desk uh, recently and that I think is you know important to share with our listeners. Uh, spoke to a gentleman today, uh, uh, John, very nice older gentleman. Uh, he was in his mid-60s, been with the same employer for 12 years, so obviously doing something right in his job if they mm-hmm. kept him around for that, uh, that length of time. Sales rep, uh, nothing overly complicated, nothing overly fancy, doing his job, had a territory that he managed sales for, and, uh, and worked that job, again, steadily for about 12 years. 
And just a couple of weeks ago, lo and behold, John, something we talk about quite often on the show, uh, his employer approached him with a new employment contract. Ah. He said, we want to we wanna put your terms of employment in a document, in a contract. Here they are. We've spoken to our lawyers. This is our fancy new employment contract. We need you to review this and sign as soon as possible. Sign right here. Uh, and what does this gentleman do, uh, John? He did what he was absolutely supposed to do. Uh, and he did it uh, because he was a listener, actually, of this show. Uh, John, he contacted us right away. Smart. He contacted yeah. us and said, guys... Uh, I've heard this happen on the show. Uh, you guys have spoken about this before. My employer is introducing an employment contract. What do I do? Uh, and I spoke to this individual today about it, John. And so I had a look at the contract. And lo and behold, the employer is trying to introduce a bunch of new terms into the employment agreement. Terms that limit this gentleman's severance entitlements, that allow the company to temporarily lay him off, which he's never he's never temp been temporarily laid off before. Even during COVID, he's, he wasn't laid right. off. He kept working. Uh, they allowed him to change his position, all sorts of new terms, uh, John, that he had never agreed to before. There were never terms of his previous employment. And I told this individual, well, no, you, there's no way you can sign this. If you sign this, your employer can let you go the next day and cut your severance entitlements in half, if not more so. Uh, and it's an important lesson for our listeners out there. And it's something that employers are doing on a pretty routine basis nowadays. They're introducing new employment contracts uh, into uh, uh, already established employees and changing their terms of employment in a pretty significant way. And that can only ever benefit the employer. John, again, we've said this so many times over the course of, uh, of the length of time that we've been doing this show. The only reason an employer is introducing an employment contract is because it benefits the employer, not because it benefits the employee. Right. Severance being the key example here. Again, this gentleman's uh, in his mid-60s, he's 64, 12 years of service with the employer. He was a sales rep. This gentleman's looking at, at the very least, John, 12 months of severance, if not something closer to maybe 14 or 16 months. And they're trying to cut his severance pay. So we're going to be dealing with this matter, uh, John. I definitely told him not to sign uh, the contract. If they try and force him to, they, he may very well be in a situation where he's going to be owed severance. And that severance, his severance entitlements are going to be significant. It's going to be at least a year's pay. And that may very well be the better option as compared to signing off on an employment contract yeah. where he's literally giving away the majority of his rights as an employee. Which is why he listened to the show, saved his own bacon, right? You can do the same anytime. Alex always available with his team, one 821 5,900 will get to when an employee, an employer cannot let you go. That is on the way of the Employment Law Show. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. John Scholes, Alex Luciferro, lawyer, Sanfiru Tamarkin LLP partner there, the most positively reviewed law firm in the country, whether it's a plain old uh, severance package, you've been let go, constructively dismissed, you're not sure if you're an independent contractor after listening to the show, maybe a workplace harassment, doesn't matter, all those questions can be answered by calling Alex anytime, emailing help at employmentlawyer.ca. Bob, first one out of the gate, pal. How are you? Good, how are you? Good, sir. What's on your mind? Thanks for taking my call. Um, so basically, I've been a sales rep for 20 years with this company. Um, essentially, they're taking four divisions and they're condensing it down to one. So essentially, 70 reps shrunk down to 20. 
So what they're doing is all of our all of our roles will be eliminated, and we can apply for the 20 roles that are being created. Um, my question is, if I if you don't want to apply, you could take a package. If I if I take the package, am I able to seek employment uh, for the eight weeks that they're paying me um, from part of my package? Great question, uh, Bob. Let me ask you this: the new role that they're asking people to apply. To is it substantially similar to the previous role? I get that maybe the territory is changing a little bit, but in terms of pay and kind of the big ticket items, similar enough. So similar as far as pay, as far as geography, and uh, what you're covering as far as products is is different because the stipulation is if the role is changing more than thirty percent, which they all are, uh, the role will be eliminated, and the twenty new roles uh, the people will have to apply for. Okay, fair enough. So. Listen, for, uh, for argument's sake, I think it might be a good idea to apply to, to those roles when an employee is let go or if an employee's job is being eliminated. There is an obligation there, Bob, for an employee to make reasonable job search efforts. So if this position is comparable enough to your previous position, and again, I get that you know it, it's not exactly the same, but if it's similar enough, there might be an obligation there on, a, on an employee's part to actually go ahead and apply for the job. Now, if you don't get it, uh, Bob, you're going to be owed severance like any other employee in the circumstances. Most severance packages are lump sum payments, meaning, meaning there are no strings attached payments where they say here's X number of months or X number of weeks and it's no strings attached. Occasionally, we will see packages where they are contingent on uh, a certain period of, of, you know, let's say a salary continuation being paid for a certain period of time with a catch that, oh, if you find the job, we get, the, we, the employer get to stop paying you. So if you don't know the details of that offer uh, yet, it would be interesting to know where your employer is leading. This, is this going to be a lump sum payment or a salary continuation where they might be uh, some clawback? It's something to consider because of that obligation on an employee's part to make reasonable job uh, search uh, efforts. Certainly, Bob, my advice would be uh, if you're volunteering for the package, uh, I would also at the same time maybe apply for the job. I don't think you necessarily, I think an employee loses their leverage, loses their bargaining power if you opt for termination, because that's the employee really deciding to choose termination and you potentially lose your hand in a situation like that. You'd, you'd, you'd have a better hand to play, so to speak. And I'm talking about bargaining power or leverage here, which is a mm -hmm. practical reality of any negotiation. You'd have a better hand, Bob, if you apply for the new position, get rejected, and then have to be terminated anyway. In a case like that, there's no question you're owed your full severance entitlements. But if you just elect to be terminated, your employer may have a bit of a better hand uh, in in letting you go and perhaps holding that potential job opportunity over your head and forcing you to accept the severance package that's less than what it should be. Hmm. That's really interesting because, so say I apply and they offer me the role, but then I don't want it because I want to cash out because traditionally the package has been hmm. uh, fair, like four months. Fair, fair enough. Yeah, that that you've got to consider, right? So if you want out... Right? And again, this is a practical consideration now. If you're looking to exit the company, well, then, of course, you've got you've to go the way of electing for the package. Uh, uh, right? And, and, you know, listen, 
that's a practical consideration. If perhaps the grass is greener somewhere else, or if you're just done with this company, then electing for the package is the right way to go. But again, if we're talking about playing your strongest hand severance-wise, uh, you might want to apply for the job. And, and perhaps it's a bit of a game of chicken, uh, right? If you suspect that they won't hire you for the position, uh, then, then maybe that's a risk worth taking. If you know that they're going to hire you for the position, let's say you're one of the ba- better sales reps and they want you and they want you to apply, well, then there's a, you know, there's a pretty high degree of risk in applying for the position because you know that they'll offer you the job and that's a tough spot, obviously. Uh, so maybe in that case, uh, Bob, you want to elect for the package. I would say either way, Bob, you, you should have the package reviewed by an employment lawyer, even if you're electing for it. Get the documentation, get their offer on paper, whatever that looks like. Give us a call at the office. More than happy, whether it's myself or someone else in the office, to review it with, with you. Make sure uh, they're doing it right. Make sure the offer is a reasonable one, even in the circumstances. At least do your due diligence in that respect before signing off. Bob, appreciate that. Paul, got to let you go. Here is that number to reach out, which I know you will, and talk to Alex and his team in, in just a bit. one 821 5900 Moving on down the line to uh, Cindy. Hi, Cindy. Thanks for standing by. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Great. What's your uh, What's your question? I love your show. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, my question is... You're awesome. Um, I heard that... Um, I understand that if you're with a union, you have a contract, you can't go through an employment lawyer. But somebody had said to me the other night that if someone in a union is dismissed and uh, and they're paid the severance as outlined in their contract and happy with it, they can then, after the fact, go to an employment lawyer and sue for gratuitous severance. Is that true? Unfortunately, Cindy, that is not true. So that, that advice that you, that you heard is is incorrect. And listen, that's okay. This happens all the time. There are lots of lots of misconceptions out there about particularly what unionized employees can and can't do when it comes to their employment. And I say this all the time on the show. John knows this very well. Listen, there are lots of good things about being in a union and being a unionized employee. Job security, oftentimes the pay and the benefits are, are great, especially for you know laborer positions and more technical positions, even for pro- professional positions for that matter. Uh, but where unionized employees do suffer is when it comes to severance. Cindy, to your point, the collective agreement between a union and an employer will always, always, always spell out the employees and the unionized employees' severance entitlements. And so uh, if an employer is letting an employee go, their severance entitlements are going to be based on contract, based on the collective agreement, which is the contract that governs their employment. And I could tell you this, Cindy, I mean, occasionally you see situations where a gratuitous amount over and above what's in the contract is offered to unionized employees, but it's rare. It's, it's not often the case. And if it's not the case, if all the employee is offered upon termination is what's in the collective agreement, an employee, a unionized employee cannot go to an employment lawyer to try and argue for more severance. It's impossible. Their union, their, their, uh, uh, their union is their legal representative. And their union representative, the union rep, uh, is the person they need to go to with any issues. So it's just simply not possible. As compared to uh, a non-unionized employee, where you can certainly speak to an employment lawyer and pursue your full severance entitlements. And almost always, an employee's severance entitlements are not limited by contract. So it's not whatever the employment agreement or the offer letter says um, 
that that dictates what an employee is owed when it comes to severance. Severance in the non-unionized sector is going to be based on the employee's age, position, and years of service. So the longer you've been with the company, the older you are, the more senior your position, the more severance you're going to get. And I would say almost always, Cindy, it's far more than what a unionized employee is going to be owed under their collective agreement. So pros and cons to unionized employment. Severance is definitely not necessarily a pro. That is definitively the way it works, regardless of, of what you heard. Okay, no, that's actually good because I'm, I'm calling on the employer end of it. So, so that's good news. Mm, there you go. <laughs> So you are All you, right, you uh, and your union are bound by the collective agreement. That's what you've got to offer them. And, and listen, this is very quickly. This is setting aside any other issues that might exist, right? Mm-hmm. So often, sometimes there might be a human rights issue, or you're trying mm-hmm. to terminate an employee an employee for cause, uh, and they dispute that. So make sure you speak with your legal counsel as an employer. Uh, we certainly assist employers as well from time to time, and there are lots of employment lawyers out there that do do so. Make sure you're getting legal advice before you make that decision as an employer. Appreciate it, Cindy. Thank you so much. Uh, the number 416-870-6400. You still got some minutes, so bring on your calls. Ryan, you are up next, pal. Thanks for hanging on. What's your question? Hey, thanks for taking my call. First time caller. I listened a couple of times. Excellent. Great, so I really, really appreciate oh, thanks, it. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thank I'm, you. What's up? Okay, so basically I uh, was a public servant for 20 years. Uh, during COVID, they rechanged that position to work from home. So almost two and a half years working from home. Then all of a sudden they said, oh, you got to have the vaccine. But at the time, the office wasn't even open. They weren't even allowing people in. So, uh, you know, I put in for a, um, an exemption. It was denied. Put it for exemption. It was denied three times. Then finally they put me on administrative leave with no pay. So then I resigned because uh, I had uh, some tenure. I just uh, took my pension. But um, what? I, but now they, they still have severance. They still have severance for me, but they haven't given me my record of employment and they haven't really um, communicated to me about anything, uh, what's going on with, with, with my, my like EI any, and my severance. The pension they gave to me after some, some issues, I got it sorted out, but most of that went into a, um, a lira and uh, whatever. And the other thing that I had to put it in. So I just want to know if there's any recourse, if there's anything that I could do knowing Yes, I was a unionized employee, but no longer in the union. So my question is actually two parts. When I went to the union regarding the vaccine situation, they never represented me. I have emails to support that. The second part of it is um, that I don't believe that the director had, um, you know, was allowed to make a a charter decision. So I feel like that's something that I, I would like to also pursue. And the fact that they haven't given me my record of employment and they're not really giving me any answers as to what's going on with my severance. I want to know if I could now, now that I'm out of union, if I can go to, to, to a, an attorney and, and help them uh, help me out with this. Yeah, Ryan, this has been the hot button topic uh, for the past you know, uh, a year uh, I, I recall these vaccination policies being rolled out. Yep. You know, it was the end of the summer into the fall of last year. So it's been a year now that this issue has been ongoing in in the employment law world, and it was a brand new issue. I mean, uh, we've effectively never dealt with uh, you know a pandemic and and vaccination policies before. I can tell you a couple of things, uh, Ryan. Some some of which I suspect you probably won't want to hear, but I think you need to hear anyway. Uh, okay. you're still, you would still be considered a unionized employee because wh- while you were employed there, of course, you were unionized 
And so the terms of your employment are still bound by the collective agreement and ultimately by your union's representation. And so it really depends, not just for you, for all unionized employees dealing with this issue of these vaccination policies. It depends on what your union decided to do with the issue. If your union decided to grieve these policies and to contest some of the decisions that employers are making, and we've seen plenty of unions do exactly that. There are a couple of decisions. Uh, I can recall one, at least an electrician's union that came out and disputed the way a vaccination policy was being implemented by an employer, and they were successful. But my point here is that the union had to take up that argument. They had to take up that issue. And if your union has decided not to do that, listen, I hate to say it, Ryan, but you are in that boat uh, and there's really no way out of it. There's no way that you can go to an employment lawyer or any other attorney for that matter and dispute these things. It is ultimately within, uh, within the jurisdiction, within that framework of a unionized employment issue of a labor decision. And so you really you're stuck there. If you were a non-unionized employee, I can tell you the analysis is very different. And I can tell you particularly for employees that were able to work from home. This is an issue that I've had and that we have a firm has had for, again, the better part of a year now. Uh, these vaccination policies that required employees to be vaccinated while they were able to work from home successfully, there is a bit of a, uh, of a detachment there that doesn't really make sense. Mm -hmm. It's not a really real reasonable policy uh, and it's no. not realistic to require an employee to be vaccinated, but they're able to work from home and they're continuing to work from home even right. after that. So I actually agree with you on principle, Ryan, that is a strange situation to be in. I don't think that's a reasonable position for an employer to take. And there has been a case. I, I just mentioned that it was an electrician, an electrician's union case where the arbitrator in that case said exactly that. Because these employees were able to work from home, it was unreasonable to require this vaccination policy. The bad news I have for you, Ryan, is that, listen, despite that, despite the fact that I agree with you, I think you're still stuck procedurally. Because if your union's not willing to pursue the issue, uh, and I would say in addition to the actual substantive issue of the vaccination policy, when it comes to the record of employment, when it comes to some sort of severance payment that, that your former employer might owe you, or even any pensions issue, pension, pension issues, you have to go to your union rep to resolve these issues. Uh, you can try and contact the employer directly, if that's easier, but speak to your union rep, speak to somebody in the union. They should be following up on these issues uh, for you. And quite frankly, they should have been sorted out months ago if you resigned months ago. So it sounds like you're in a tough spot, uh, but you need to follow up with the union. That is the only recourse, the only forum where you can actually be heard. Ryan, appreciate your time. Hope that answer was uh, satisfactory. That's why we get you to call in every show, which you're just about out of time if you didn't get on tonight. Uh, tomorrow, tune back in at 6.30, and then Wednesday and Thursday as well. We're all over this, so feel free to reach out. In the meantime, getting hold of Alex Lutaferro right there, one 821 5900 is the way. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. And as I mentioned, a website built on helping you, including the severance calculator, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca employment law show the preceding was a paid commercial program unless otherwise identified the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser the opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of chorus entertainment